0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in mum talk to be honest real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments wherever you may be thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation as you all know we love cheeky wipes in our household and mine are washed and ready for babe number two but did you know they also do reusable period protection pants and pads Their maternity minky pads are fantastic postpartum. In the early days of postpartum bleeding, they are less bulky than a disposable, no chemicals, just comfy bamboo cotton next to our delicate bits. The pants feel like regular pants, but have four or five layers of absorbency, including a leak-proof layer. Once postpartum bleeding has settled down, they are a brilliant alternative for disposable pads. A quick rinse or soak, a machine wash on 30, and they're ready to wear again. Being personal fans of cloth nappies, I am so happy about Cheeky Wipes' new launch. After swearing they would never launch nappies, they have gone back on their word and spent over a year developing a two-part system. More punami proof than all-in-one nappies, better longevity and much easier to wash and dry. Cheeky Wipes have us all covered. Head to CheekyWipes.com to view their brilliant range. Hello, hello and welcome to... This week's episode of Mum Talk, which is the second episode of Preparing for Birth mini-series. So I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. I've had such lovely feedback from you all, so thank you so much. I'm glad it was helpful. This week's going to have a little bit more structure and I'm going to try and go through it as quickly as I can. Still making sense, obviously, because there is a lot to cover. So, this week I'm going to be talking through what to expect in the early days for a baby, for mum. Obviously, I am no pro, but I have done this before with Amaldine, and I've had a listen back to all of those very first episodes in the podcast in its very very early days, which has been so helpful. So, I can't recommend them enough. Go on my Instagram Mum Talk Podcast Instagram and I've highlighted the four episodes that I've listened to which have really helped just get me in the headspace about having a newborn, what it's like feeding, blah, blah, blah. I will go through a little bit of it now, but if you want to have a listen to the old ones, I have, when I was right in the thick of it, I have listed them out on the Instagram post on Mum Talk Podcast. So, I'm going to discuss what to expect early days for baby, for mum, and then move on to essentials again for baby, for mum, and sleep essentials, hospital bag, home birth essentials, and also when we decide that we want to get out and about with baby. So, a lot of this, I guess, will be around kind of welcoming one baby into the house. I'm not going to focus too much on siblings this time around because I talked a lot about siblings in last week's episode. So where we prepared for Amaldine. we haven't done a huge amount of preparation in reality. Amandine is just super happy, super excited and really into babies right now, which is amazing with uh, my friend's kids. So that's really lovely to see. But other than that we're kind of just taking a an approach of we don't really want to overdo it and overwhelm her because she does get overwhelmed quite easily so we're just mentioning it a little bit every day and she's touching my belly and she keeps telling people that there's a baby brother, but it's all done they're all coming from her almost when she decides she wants to say something okay so. Let's get going. A few pregnancy questions came through how I'm feeling. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling really good. My allergies have kicked off this week with the beautiful weather. So you can probably hear I sound a little bit wheezy and a little bit nasal. It's just allergies, the dreaded hay fever. And of course, can't really take anything for it. Don't really want to take anything for it. Um, whilst I am pregnant. So (laughs) that's fine. But obviously being breathless when you're uh, pregnant at this late stage, 36 weeks of pregnancy, isn't so fun because you're breathless anyway. So being even more breathless with hay fever isn't ideal. And I also think it's kicked off even more because we went to Pennywell Farm this morning with Amaldine and she absolutely loved it. But obviously all of the animals there are in hay and hay is definitely in straw and just general animal smells. Kick it off when it's warmer outside. But isn't this weather beautiful? It's so gorgeous. Yesterday I found myself um, restaining our garden furniture. It's a lot easier to do when you're not pregnant, <laughs> this pregnant anyway. I did such a bad job. Once I've recorded this podcast, I'm going back outside to (laughs) fix my absolute mess ups. I was doing it in the shade and I kind of thought, oh, the stain will just merge into the stain that was there before but it really hasn't. So it's really obvious there are drip lines. It looks really bad. I'm surprised Tendrick hasn't had more of a go, to be honest, because it's not my finest DIY work, I must say. But it was really hot outside yesterday and I just wasn't comfortable and baby was kicking and wasn't enjoying life. So um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to go and fix that later after I've recorded this sleep is getting a little bit better actually. Um, And I just have to give, I know I shout about these guys a lot, but I have to give another shout out to my expert midwife because they have launched another product, which I'd never heard of before. And they sent me a little bundle because they're just really, really, really sweet like that. And they sent me a little bundle and I have never used this product. It's called Keep Your Cool. It's a refreshing spray And I suffer really badly, as you know, with tired legs. And yesterday, after I had done my uh, restaining and literally been up on my feet all day, we were at the beach in the morning, playing in the afternoon, in a neighbour's garden um, standing. And my ankles were just so incredibly swollen. And I spritzed this stuff on and my goodness, the smell, the smell was amazing. It actually took me back to a Caribbean holiday and lying in the sun and just getting spritzed with this peppermint spray. which gone are the days we have holidays like that, but it was really, really took me back. And I put my podcast on to listen to. And I just, I think I just went straight to sleep. Amaldine woke me at 20 past three because she'd lost her pillow. She'd lost her teddy bear and I needed to go find them. So they were obviously right by her. Um, that's the one issue about baby about Amandine sleeping in a completely pitched back room is if she loses something, she can't find it again. Or if she falls off her pillow, she can't find it again. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, that stuff is brilliant. So if you're looking for a refreshing spray and you're going to be pregnant through the summer and you have swollen ankles and tired, achy legs, I highly recommend, well, it worked for me anyway. I will be using it every night now, for the foreseeable future until the bottle runs out, and then I'll probably buy some more, even when I'm not pregnant, because it's just the most delicious smell. And I woke up this morning and my ankles weren't swollen at all. And they probably are now because we've been walking around Pennywell Farm. And I am big, like I do feel big. I feel swollen. I feel I'm retaining a lot more fluid than I did with Amandine. I um I think one of the reasons behind that maybe is because I just can't go on the walks that I used to go on when I was pregnant with Amandine. Um, I, you know, I had more time. I didn't have a toddler who didn't want to necessarily be in the buggy. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't walk and get the fluid moving and expelled. And, you know, it's just, and I think, you know, I'm 36 weeks pregnant for goodness sake. It's going to happen at this point, isn't it? But other than that, I'm feeling great. Um. yeah, feeling all good. So let's move on. What to expect in the early days. So let's go to baby first, baby related first. So as I mentioned at the beginning, this is very much reminding myself, getting in the headspace of what to expect when baby arrives. Essentially, <laughs> what I remember is that they just feed, sleep and poop all the time. Amandine went into quite a routine, a baby led routine very early on, um, where she was feeding pretty much every couple of hours. She liked to cluster feed at least from five o'clock, probably right the way through until nine. I think around four weeks in my podcast, maybe five weeks in my podcast that was when we decided to put Amandine up into her room in the evening. So I'd feed her at seven and then she would go up into her cot, but still in the sleepy head in her own room where the baby monitor was until we'd finished our evening. And then I'd grab her, put her in my room, put her in the snooze pod and feed her or you know, feed her, then put her in the snooze pod. And then essentially I would get a few hours, uh, and then she would wake every couple of hours. But I am pleased in my podcast; it has it has got me in the headspace to realise this is no walk in the park, <laughs> and Amandine will probably wake in the night as well. And you can pretty much take, you know, expect that Amaldine will wake just as baby's gone down and I've fallen back to sleep. But also what my podcast reminded me was, was even though the baby's only waking a couple of hours, every couple of hours to feed, Amaldine was a slow feeder. So she would take about 45 minutes to feed. Then I would change her nappy. Then I would sleep for an hour and then she'd wake up again and it would be time to feed again. So you don't actually get two hours on, two hours off, two hours on. However, saying that, I do have friends who had babies who didn't feed like that and didn't need feeding every couple of hours. Um... So you never know. This little boy might be different. He's going to have his own routine. And I'm also keeping that in my mind that, you know, he's very much going to have his own thing and do his own thing and to not compare him to Alandine all the time. But I just wanted to bring my head head back into that space. Sleeping wise, I think they sleep... Pretty much, you know, in the really early days, they're pretty much just sleeping. And then awake time is when they feed and then they go back to sleep again. If he's anything like Amandine, he will fall asleep whilst he's feeding and then uh, wake up for another feed and then go back to sleep again. So I think their, um, their kind of sleep cycles to start with are around they sleep for what, a couple of hours and then they wake for a feed and then they go back to sleep for a couple of hours. Um, all will be revealed. But yes, essentially there's a lot of sleeping at the beginning, which is lovely because I think it'll help me get into the routine with Amaldine that we can still go out and about. And I'll come on to out and about essentials later on, but I definitely think there'll be a lot more naps in the buggy with baby or with baby on me. So because, you know, Amandine can't be expected to stay at home whilst baby's napping in the cot. I'm very much hoping that Amandine will still have her lunchtime naps and it will coincide with baby having his. um, And that can be the nap that baby has in the cot as we move on to, you know, when he's a month old or whatever. Um, Explosive poos are another thing that my podcast has flagged, (laughs) which I knew about anyway, because I'm reminded every single day when I walk into Amandine's room and I see the poo stains on the carpet, (laughs) which aren't going anywhere anytime soon, because we're not replacing the carpets this year. Um, But explosive poos are definitely something that... um, Babies do a lot, don't they? And yellow poos and runny poos. And in my podcast, it very much says, <laughs> very, I very much detail out for you some explosive poops after we've been to the beach and Hendrick's been surfing and Amaldine got poo all the way up her back. So that is definitely what to expect from baby in the early days. I also remember Amaldine getting some milk spots, those kinds of things in the early days. Um, and her latch on my boobs being really painful. Um, so f- moving on to kind of what to expect for mum is, you know, breastfeeding is no walk in the park. Um, I nipple cream wise, the I mentioned it in last week's podcast, but I've already bought some, is it Laniso? Lassino? I can never say it properly, but the purple one essentially. Uh, which you can leave on. You don't have to wipe off uh, when baby feeds. Nipple cream. That absolutely saved my nipples. I'm going to use it a lot earlier than I did before with Amandine. My nipples became sore and they were bleeding and it was horrific and they took ages to heal. And also I'm going to seek advice with Latch. If I don't feel his Latch is good at the very beginning, I'm going to seek advice a lot earlier than I did with Amandine because um, I left it far too long with Amaldine. I never should have let my nipples get that bad. So get yourself some good nipple cream in the drawer. My expert midwife do one too. Um, I don't think I used it with Amandine, uh last time, but I do have some this time. So I'm gonna give that stuff a go as well because I think the rest of their products are brilliant. So I will try that one as well, but get yourself some good stuff. Whilst I'm on my expert midwife, um, they haven't asked me to mention any of this, by the way. Spritz for Bits, mum essentials, mum early days stuff, I found fantastic. I didn't sting once when I had a wee wee um, and it was just lovely to spray on pads for a cooling sensation or spray straight onto your tender Bits down below. Um, Really, really helpful stuff. So get yourself some My Expert Midwife Spritz for bits. And natural laxative was also something I mentioned in my podcast that I listened back to for that first poop because I got really bad dragging pelvic pain. And I think a lot of that was from the fact that I literally hadn't pooed in about five days after giving birth. And I also didn't have the. expelling of the bowels before you give birth I vomited instead so I didn't kind of have that last <laughs> release as it were before giving birth so what I took last year or not last year but with amandine was fibrogel sachets um so I might try and get hold of some of those I've also incorporated into my smoothie for the last year I'd say uh, flaxseed um milled flaxseed I put about a spoonful and a half into my smoothie every morning. And I'm going to do that uh, again, maybe even up it once I've um, given birth a little bit more because that's great fiber, get the bowels moving. And that definitely <laughs> this is probably way too much information, but definitely encourages my bowels to move. So maybe try that too. Um, but for early days, you know, I've tried to brief Hendrik, but I not brief. I've tried to drop hints with Hendrik, that I don't want to do what I did last time, which was, you know, we were in Ikea buying a mattress at day three with Amaldine. I felt like superwoman, the hormones were racing through my body. I was, you know, at Darts farm with my mom on day nine or something. I really want to just rein it in <laughs> this birth. I want to come home. I want to go to bed. I want to lie down I want to try and stay horizontal for quite a bit longer than I did last time. I just want to relax into it, let my body heal. I don't think I did that with Amandine very well. And I just remember always going to the midwives. We had to check her for jaundice pretty much every day for the first week after she was born. So we had to get up, get dressed. I didn't have the opportunity to stay in bed um, because of that really as well. And I think that just, you know, once you're up and you're dressed and you're about, I'm not really one for going back to bed. So I I, hopefully she won't have jaundice, but I might try and encourage the midwives if they have a portable one to come to the house instead um, and do that. Because I, I really would like to try and stay in, you know, just take everything slowly. But also I have a toddler, so that might not be possible. But hopefully I'm going to encourage Hendrik to get out and about with Amaldine, even if it's just for the mornings. He can really bond with her um, and he can really enjoy that time with Amaldine. He's not going to enjoy the time with the baby (laughs) to start with. So it would be nice for him to um, have that time with Amaldine. Also guests and visitors. I have pretty much, I think, briefed. My mum and my sister, who I think are the only ones who would be interested in coming over and seeing the new baby, but I've been quite solid in my thoughts I think I don't know I might need to go over it again with them that I really want Hendrik Emmaldine and I and baby to bond as a four for you know a good four or five days before anyone comes over and before anyone, you know, wants to come and see baby or I want to do anything. I really just want it to be us. And I know that might sound really selfish. And I sometimes feel like I am being really selfish, but actually this is probably the last time. Well, this is the last time we're going to welcome a new family member into our little unit. And I want to do it how I want to do it this time. I'm going to be selfish. I am going to say no. And I just hate hurting people's feelings and I worry that my mum's feelings might get hurt. But it's not obviously that I don't want her to meet the baby. I just want to have no external, not stresses because my mum isn't a stress, but a no, just, just nothing to think about for the first few days apart from Hendrik, Amaldine, baby, and me even if it's to help. I just want it to be us. I'm sure most of you understand that. Um, I'd really be interested to hear your thoughts on it too. Okay, let's move on to essentials. So essentials for mama. Now I covered this extremely briefly in my podcast last week, so I'll go over it really quickly again because loads of questions on it. Pads. (laughs) What have I got for the lockiest stage of bleeding? So... I love this brand, which I used with Amandine last time. They're called Naturcare. I bought them from, they have particular maternity pads, which are long and super absorbent. Um, I get them from a company called Beaming Baby, which is a local company to me in Devon, but you can also buy them from Waitrose. You can buy them from Amazon, I think. You can probably buy them from NatraCare directly, I don't know. But they're the ones I use for my padsicles, which is where I put the blob of aloe vera on, smear it along, put two pads together and then put them in the freezer. Um obviously don't put them on straight after they come out of the freezer. I'm going to share it on my Instagram how I make them so keep an eye out for that. But I've bought the maternity pads, I've then bought some kind of regular period pads for when it reduces a bit and then I've bought panty liners as well uh, for when you're just because I, I remember with the Lockia with Amaldine, every time I fed her or held her close the lockier would get a bit stronger. So in the evening, it would actually be its lightest, and overnight, it would be its lightest. And then when I'm up and about, it's heavier, but also when the hormones kind of kick in for feeds and stuff, that's when I would, it would become a little bit heavier. So I think I was wearing panty liners for quite some time. Um, and also, it's quite nice just to be able to freshen up your underwear if you've had stitches, Um or if you're using spritz for bits, or if you're using the aloe vera, you don't want to have to change your pants all the time. You just want to be able to rip out the panty liner, dispose of it. Um, The other thing that I put on my podcast um, is if you do go into hospital, they have them, but I think you can also buy them online. Are Those little sanitary bags that you get when you go to, you know, I don't know if it's just nice places, but those little sanitary bags before you remove your tampon or pad or whatever if you're on your period and then you put them in the sanitary bin. But I found those really helpful at home because sometimes they're really heavily, you know, the locky is really heavy and it's not really enough just to roll up your pad and roll it in tissue. You want to put it in a little bag or something. And I remember I grabbed a couple from the hospital and then I also ordered a few more online. They're little... um, brown paper bags, essentially. That's all you need. You could use nappy sacks, but I kind of feel like it's a bit of a waste and not so great for the environment. But I suppose none of the pads are really that great for the environment. Um, But I also bought, uh, essentially their tenor pads, but they're boots only. And they're called, boots um, own brand, sorry. And they're called boots stay dry pants. So I bought one lot in medium, one lot in small. Bought small last time, but I remember them being quite tight. So, um, I'll go with the medium first, which is the really heavy ones and then, um, slightly lighter and they're just brilliant for nighttime because you're wearing actual pads and pants. And also you can put, if you want to, another pad inside those pads, pants, (laughs) um, but they're great. I found them really great. I did also have, uh, for Amandine, the mesh knickers, which you then put a pad in, but I actually found that the mesh knickers didn't hold the pad very well. It did obviously allow everything to breathe a lot. Um, and I think they're great for C-sections because they're really loose, uh, and airy around your scar potentially. But for me, I didn't think they were as good as using the boots, own stay dry brand. They're quite expensive, so I've only bought two packs. They're seven pounds, thinks seven ninety nine or something. um So they are quite expensive. All this stuff's quite expensive, actually. Breast pads is another great one. I have some wonderful reusable ones. Bought some from Amazon. Also bought some from Little Lamb last time. So I've got all of those ready to go. Actually, they're not ready to go. They probably need a wash. I should wash those. Um, And good breastfeeding bras. I was very, very kindly sent my most favorite breastfeeding bra from Bravado Designs. It's the ballet bra. It is so, so soft. It has like a cross front and there aren't any buckles. So there aren't the traditional um, breastfeeding kind of clasps. You literally just pull your bra to one side and bring out the goods. And I loved it. And I had it in black, or I still have it in black from Amaldine and it stayed my main bra, (laughs) even not pregnant. It stayed my main bra for ages. And they very kindly sent me the pink one, which is absolutely gorgeous. The pink one's great. For summer if you're wearing white tops or linen shirts or anything like that, I'd really recommend the pink one because you can't see through it. I'm wearing a white linen shirt now, and it just is almost nude it's perfect, it's lovely, but it's really supportive, it's really soft, it doesn't dig in. I would highly highly recommend that one. They also sent me a classic one which does have the little um clips as well um I also love that one. it's white it's kind of a sporty design. Um, super, super comfortable. They're all super comfortable and incredibly soft. But they've also brought out a two-in-one cami vest, which is essentially a long top with a bra inside. It has the breastfeeding clips, so you can pull it down and then you have essentially your breastfeeding bra underneath, which is part of the cami top. They've sent it to me in the beautiful new color, which is a charcoal color. And it's so soft over my bump right now and it's really supportive on my boobs. I don't feel like I'm wearing a bra under top. It's just lovely. And for breastfeeding, I think it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. And with the summer coming up as well, it's going to be perfect because the material's really thin um, and it can just be worn by itself with a pair of shorts Um, and it's nice and easy and it's not awkward at all so I can't wait to use that for breastfeeding but for Being pregnant right now as well. It's super 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 perfect So if you wanted to look at those recommendations head to bravado designs Um, They're gorgeous and they last much much longer than just through breastfeeding and pregnancy They will become your go-to bras With baby number two almost with us, having a one-stop shop for all my vitamin needs is precious. NutriVita is that place. All their products are sourced and manufactured in the UK. Therefore, the quality assurance is second to none. No nasties. During these last few weeks, I am still taking a pregnancy supplement. However, when I'm not pregnant, I like to take vitamin C, vitamin D, B12 and B6. NutriVita offer all of these. They even have vitamin D baby drops for our little ones. The vitamin world can be a little overwhelming. If you're stuck with what you need, do get in touch with the customer service team. I have found them so helpful in getting the right vitamins for me and my family. NutriVita's website is also incredibly easy to use and very informative. It's a breeze to pick up all of your supplements in one click. Check out NutriVita via www.nutrivita.co.uk and for 15% off, enter mumtalk15 at the checkout. Baby essentials. So let's move on... To what I have got in the drawers for baby, um, so right now I've just unpacked the newborn and three to zero to three month stuff and washed all of that and dried it. Obviously, I've got some sleep suits, just white sleep suits. I way prefer zip up sleep suits, but they are they are expensive. So we have a mixture of a few zip ups with some John Lewis or Next, just plain white uh, popper ones. All of it is Amundine stuff. I haven't bought anything new for the baby. Um, what else have I got in there for him? I think there are a couple of like little leggings and dungaree sets, which is zero to three months, um, in there. But not that many. Lots of short sleeve vests, lots of long sleeve vests. Again, they're all Amundine's. Uh, little hats, little booties, little. Mittens. Amandine never scratched herself and actually most of the sleep wear comes, or most of the baby grows, they come with little hands that fold over, don't they? Um, Which I think are just fantastic and then you don't have to, you don't keep losing the little hand guards. But you do need little hats, definitely. Um, Even at this time of year. And little booties as well. I always found, if you're going to put them in leggings or outfits or whatever, or maybe your sleep suits don't have feet, but They're brilliant. Also got nappies, um, lots and lots of nappies. We've kindly been sent um, some nappies from the wonderful Kit and Kin, who we used with Amandine. I loved them with Amandine. Not only are they just the cutest nappies on the market, I think, with their gorgeous little designs, and they've launched some new designs. This um just recently there's mice and pandas and hedgehogs and lambs and owls. It's all very cute and they're all the little faces on their bums. They're so sweet. Um but they're hypoallergenic eco-nappies, they're the most accredited nappies on the market. Um there's no chlorine in there, no latex, no perfume, no lotions. They are just brilliant and I never had well. I had a few explosions, but everyone has a few explosions, don't they? No nappy's going to keep that in. But I felt really great putting them on Amandine. They fit really well. Um, We've got a couple of sizes. So their size one is from four to 11 pounds and their size two is from nine to 18 pounds. So I always think it's great just to make sure you're fully prepared if you have a larger baby or I don't know how boys come up against girls with nappies but I mean Amandine's nappies were tiny she was in size one for ages um she only really just made it into size five before I'm sure she had size five um before she was potty trained but Yeah, I love them. I would highly recommend them. And we also sent some lovely wipes, which are 90% water. Again, 99% water, sorry. None of the nasties. They're 100% biodegradable and plastic-free, hypoallergenic and dermatologist approved. I would recommend them. I really would. And they do great subscription packages um, online and money-off vouchers if you sign up to their newsletter. All that kind of stuff um, they do. And they are just, I trust them. I think they're brilliant. So they're worth giving, worth giving them a try for sure. They are highly inessential. And the other thing that we've kindly been sent is little Sophie the giraffe. I'm sure every pregnant mama and every mum with a baby has come across Sophie the giraffe, but it's so cute. It's French and we were kindly sent one, you know, Hendrix French. It's really lovely that her, his first little teething toy, I guess, is um, French. Obviously, he's not going to be using it straight away, the little one, but when teething comes in, and Amandine teethed so early, and also we never gave her a dummy, um, so she always liked to suck on things, whether it was your thumb or my boob, <laughs> so I kind of think that this would also be quite a good thing for them to suck on, but it's 100% natural rubber. It's got, you know, the dark spots, they actually have a point. It's a visual stimulation for babies because white and dark, they can see. It squeaks, which I never knew it squeaked. It's got long legs for gum chewing. um, And then again, bumpy parts all over the head, its ears and mouth. And it's really great for um, small hands to grip. And also, it's their 60th birthday. They have been around for six Decades, which is crazy. So if you haven't yet come across Sophie la Giraffe, check it out because he's super cute, and I am sure you'll be given one if you don't buy one. They are so sweet. Um, so we have that as well as an uh, essential. Right, let's move on to sleep essentials. So we use the Snooze Pod with Amaldeen, and again, I would highly recommend it. Um, I would say. A sleepy head. We also use a sleepy head. Sleepy heads are just brilliant for transitioning, for having down on the sofa, making sure they're not rolling anywhere, transitioning from downstairs to upstairs, from cot to bassinet. Um maybe in between feeds, you just want to put them down, but they want to feel quite enclosed. I spoke on my podcast a little bit about um when she comes off boob for a feed, putting her straight into the cot or snooze pod or something that was quite big, she didn't like very much. But putting her into the head, she preferred a lot more because it felt like my arms were around her a little bit more than just an open space. And then putting that into the open space was um, easier. So I would recommend a head, not for overnight sleeping, definitely wouldn't. Um, but for naps when you're there or time when you're around and you're there and you're watching. Also, it's really great for tummy time. I remember doing a lot of tummy time in the sleepyhead because you can just prop one of the little rolls or, or pop the baby over one of the side sections and it just helps them kind of lift their head and help them feel a little bit supported. So I would say um, a sleepyhead, a snooze pod, a thermometer a thermometer, a thermometer, a thermometer. <laughs> I had a thermometer in the bottom of the snooze pod the whole time when Amaldine was in my room. So I could check the temperature of the room. So I could check she wasn't going to be too hot in what I dressed her in. I think I mentioned this on the podcast, but I'll mention it again. Before you have your baby, know what temperature your bedroom is know um, what you're going to dress them in to put them down for their first night at home. I found it super stressful the first time around. So I would highly, highly recommend that you do that. (laughs) Um, All of these, you know, grow bags, snooze pouches, they all come with, or, you know, even John Lewis own, they all come with um, choosing the right togs, what to wear guides, what temperature, Which I find really helpful. So don't just chuck your packaging away. Keep your packaging of whatever you buy close by so you have a reference. Some of the brands also have an online um, temperature checker, which you can just go onto, enter in your baby's age, and weight, and temperature of the room, and it'll tell you what to dress them in, which is so helpful. The amount of times I referred to that (laughs) is huge. So we have been sent a snooze pouch, which we will definitely be using. It's a one tog because our room gets quite warm in the summer. It's zero to six months. And I'm just looking at the packaging now and it's got a what to wear guide on the back for a one tog. Um, So essentially if Amandine's in a one tog and it's less than 21 degrees, she just wants to be in or around kind of 21, 22. She just wants to be in a uh, long sleeved vest, for instance. And then as it gets warmer, they detail out what they want to be wearing. Um, So a one tog is for warmer summer temperatures between 21 and 23. So if they're sleeping in around 16 to 20, you want to have a two and a half tog sleep, um, snooze, pout. But what I love about this one that we've been sent is it has a zip which kind of goes from the bottom and then across the body. And it means you can zip them from the bottom, take their nappy off, change them without undoing any poppers around their face or having to remove it or having to kind of fold the main weight of the bag over. Um, You can literally just open them up and change them there and then, which I really, really love that design. We haven't had one with that design before. And I think it's fantastic. So check out the snooze pouches as part of your sleep essentials. And then the last sleep essential that I have is white noise, <laughs> which you guys know, we love white noise in our house. Um, <laughs> white noise. We have a machine. We started off with kind of Ollie the Owl, My hummy. And they're all brilliant, and they're all certainly brilliant for traveling if you want to take them with you. My Hummy, especially, do a really small one um, which you can take for traveling, which we'll be taking. Or you can get a plug in white noise machine, uh, which we also have. We have the DOM ones, D O H M, they're called, and it's real white noise, so it's kind of essentially actually a fan, it's not recorded white noise. Uh, Amaldine sleeps with that and we have a spare one here. So we'll be using that one for the baby as well, but white noise for us is a must. Okay. Let's move on to, um, hospital bag. So even though we're trying to have a home birth and that's hopefully what we're going to be doing, I'm still going to pack a hospital bag. I'm not going to pack the kind of hospital bag that I packed last time. So I will probably just put in, um, a couple of vests of varying sizes, newborn zero to three, um a baby grow a hat some mittens maybe uh a nappy a muslin um and some tenor, you know some some uh pants and pads for me essentially and probably a change of clothes and some wipes or cotton wool if you want to use cotton wool and water that's I think all I'm going to put in But as a full hospital bag, what I took last time, I took all the things like room spray, aromatherapy, a diffuser, candles. And yes, take all of that if you're going to go in because I think it's like, I barely used it. To be honest, I didn't use it. I used the candles that I took, but I also took like a hot water bottle, um, which I didn't use. I didn't use the room spray. I didn't use my aromatherapy. I didn't use any of my moisturizers. I literally didn't use anything. Um, so I wouldn't really necessarily recommend taking all of that unless you particularly want to. Um, no one cares. So if you think you might use it, take it because the last thing is you want to be in labor and you don't have something that you need or want to make it feel homely for you or just to, you know, just to have it. So I would definitely say you want to have a cellular blanket, um, newborn vest, zero to three month vest, short and long sleeve, a baby grow, a hat, some socks if you need them, some mittens, uh, cotton wool, nappies, muslin, a bag for wet stuff. So if you're going to hopefully go in the pool or have a bath whilst you're there, maybe um, take a bag for your wet stuff. So wear a bra and pants that you don't mind getting wet. And if you want to take a spare bra, um and obviously a spare pair of knickers take pads uh and then yeah room spray candles music hot water bottle diffuser take a water bottle and a straw definitely and also a flannel maybe if you want a flannel but other than that um i took things like loo roll <laughs> How silly was I to think that they wouldn't have loo roll? I mean, some of these hospital bag checklists are extensive and I'm sure it depends on where you're giving birth. But I gave birth at the midwife led unit in Exeter and it was absolutely wonderful. And they had everything you needed. They I mean, we were barely asked for anything. I think literally all we were asked for was, do you have um, a particular nappy you want to use? Otherwise, we'll use ours. And do you have the baby's clothes ready? Loads of you guys said, make sure you put the clothes in bags. So if you have a light baby, you know, or a seven pound baby or whatever, then newborn stuff. If you have a nine ten pounder, maybe you have zero to three month stuff. um, And just make sure they're in bags. So you're not having to rustle through or your partner's not having to rustle through um, the different sizes of the clothes and make sure you have little newborn hats. I'm sure he said hat. Um, but the biggest piece of advice, which I didn't follow, uh, cause I don't think anyone told me before was get your partner to pack your hospital bag. So they know where stuff is because Hendrik, I remember I said, we need the clothes now and Hendrick had no idea where the clothes were, no idea. And I said, I needed a new pair of pants and he had no idea where those were either. So I'm going to get him to pack it this time, just in case we do need to go, but very much hoping we won't need to go, but you never know. Um, home birth essentials. I discussed it very briefly with my midwife and I'm sure there'll be more things that I need, but most importantly, biscuits, tea, coffee, water for the midwives (laughs) and and juice maybe, or um, whatever you really fancy giving them, but just make sure you have snacks for them. (laughs) Um, Stuff to protect your furniture, whether that's a shower curtain or a uh, cellophane sheet or whatever it might be, but stuff to protect your furniture and potentially stuff to protect your floor as well. If you've got carpets or if you've got floorboards that you can't really remove stains from very easily. Um, even if you have tiles with light grouting, I would say you probably want to protect your floor still. Um, loads of towels, I keep being told, but I'm going to ask my midwife exactly how many towels, because some people say you need like, 10, 15 towels, and others say you just need four or five towels. So I'm going to find out what they actually mean by lots of towels. Um, A sieve for, if you're having a water birth might be handy to fish out any debris. A bucket for said debris. Um, And some say they need a mirror. Um, But again, I think it really depends on your midwife. So just check what your midwife would like you to have available uh what else did she say oh a light a really big light so if you need stitches you can lie down a portable lamp or something Um, you know those desk lights where you can kind of lift the head and it's almost like a little spotlight on a desk light that kind of thing is perfect apparently Um, I think that's pretty much it. Apart from pool, if you're going to have a pool, that's definitely a birth essential that you need. We are very kindly being sent um, or loaned a pool from gentlebirthsbirthingpoolhire.co.uk. They are wonderful ladies. I highly, highly recommend them. I can only recommend them right now based on their customer service. Um, but they have been just wonderful. I'm due a phone call from them in the next couple of days um, to check that I still would like the pool, that I'm still on track for a home birth. I actually have my presentation scan on Thursday, so when I speak to her in the next few days, I will probably give her a call back because there's no point in them sending it to me if he's breached because I don't think I... Well, I don't think you can have a home birth when they're breached, or maybe you can, but uh, I probably wouldn't want to. I think I would want to go into hospital if he is breached. So if the cheeky monkey's turned, no point in them sending it out to me. But definitely go and check out Gentle Births, birthingpoolhire.co.uk. They are really, really lovely. Um, If I come up with any other home birth essentials, I'm going to try and do a post on my phone. It might be that I do it after our birth because then I'll just be able to tell you what we actually use and what we actually need, but that would be helpful for you. Okay, last thing I'm going to whiz through are uh, when we decide we want to be out and about with our kiddos, what essentials do we need? Now, I am in the process of um, building a little box to go in the back of our car, which has spare nappies, spare baby grows, spare snacks for Amandine, obviously, spare wipes, um, a little kind of changing mat to lie down on in the boot of the car, just so uh, spare water just so I have everything that I need if I go out and about and I have a episode of Mumbrain um, or, you know, Amandine's needing all my attention as his baby and we're heading out the door and I forget the changing bag or I run out of the changing bag or maybe Hendrix had it and hasn't, or I've had it and I haven't replenished it, that kind of thing. I think it's a really great idea to have one in your house. I'm also going to put them around the house. So I have a changing station upstairs. I have a changing station downstairs. So I don't have to keep coming upstairs. With Amandine, every time we changed to Nappy. we brought her upstairs. But with Amandine being downstairs and out in the garden or whatever, I don't want to have to bring the baby upstairs all the time. Also, for those poo explosions, we have a tiled floor downstairs (laughs) and I would much rather learning from my mistake, change him downstairs. (laughs) So I I just bought a £10 changing mat from John Lewis, one of those spongy ones, wipeable ones that can go under the sofa downstairs. No one will see it with a little basket, with nappies, uh, all that kind of stuff in there. Um, So it's there readily available. But out and about wise... Buggy board I was thinking of getting, but you know what? I'm just going to wait, I think. See how much we actually use the buggy with the newborn. And if Amandine's all right walking or if she wants... I've There are loads on Facebook Marketplace that you can get. Um, Last Girl ones I think you can put on any buggy. So we'll probably end up getting one like that that's a universal fit uh, for our Bugaboo and then also for our out and about because I don't really want to buy two different buggy boards. Um, Some of you have said don't get them because they're really hard to walk with but Amandine if we are out and about or I go shopping in town or whatever I can't really carry Amandine as well and sometimes she does just want to sit and browse in the buggy so she might prefer Sitting on a buggy board or standing on a b- buggy board. Not that we go into town very often, but you know, or if we go on a long walk or something and she wants to stand. Um, so we probably will end up getting one, but I'll try and get one secondhand on Facebook Marketplace. Um a buggy, obviously, I would say is an essential. Um if you live in Devon like me, I would highly recommend having a look at the three-wheeler buggies from the very beginning because there is no doubt about it, our out and about is flipping brilliant. Um, I reviewed it ages ago on the podcast, but we, it's definitely our most used buggy, but we don't have the baby section that goes in the out and about. So we will use our bugaboo to start with. And then uh, the minute we can, we will put him in the out and about because you can just take the out and about anywhere, um, literally anywhere. And it's, just completely, it's so easy. It is so easy. So I'd highly recommend looking at those from the beginning. I know they're not the prettiest of buggies. (laughs) They're not. Um, but for the cost and for just how you can throw them around literally everywhere, um, I would highly recommend having a look at those. Now, I don't know about you, but I carried Amandine for most of her early weeks and months. Um, so having a great carrier is really, really important to me. We have been incredibly lucky to have been sent a couple of baby carriers. I'm going to review them properly when I have actually used them with baby, but you might want to have a look at them. Um, so wraps, I absolutely adore when they're tiny. And even if you want to be naked underneath, and put baby on skin to skin a wrap is a really gentle thing to put on your skin as well The ergo um ergo baby do something called an aura baby wrap which is um beautifully soft material you can use it from newborn all the way through until 25 pounds i was using my wrap with amandine for ages Um, But it's super breathable and it's easy to tie on. Once you've got it, it's, just you know, second nature. And it packs into a storage bag, which is also great because sometimes with wraps, you just end up having like the longest piece of material just flying around your baby bag, which is a bit of a pain in the bum. So check out um, Ergo Baby Aura Baby Wrap, A-U-R-A, if you want to have a look at wraps um ergo baby also have aside from their bigger carrier which we have which is <clears throat> the 360 which i absolutely adore which when amandine's um when sorry baby's bigger he will go into that i still carry Amaldine sometimes in that or <laughs> not being pregnant but before i fell pregnant i was still carrying amandine in that occasionally it's brilliant it's just fantastic but they've also bought out, I think they bought it out last year, maybe the year before, but I think it was last year. It's called the Ergo Baby Embrace. It is a newborn specific baby carrier, goes from seven to 25 pounds. Um, It's super cozy, really easy to use. If you're familiar with the bigger Ergo Baby, it's essentially the same thing. It's just two clips on the side, um and a bigger clip on the back it has a supportive waistband and the straps are really big to go across your shoulders so super super comfy for you to wear at all times Um, and of course you want to be careful with wraps and things like that about hip dysplasia and they are accredited by the hip dysplasia institute which is really really important if you're looking at a baby carrier and wrap. We've also been sent, so it'll be interesting to see the difference between the two and which one I prefer, Um, but we've also been sent the Baby Bjorn Baby Carrier um, Mini, which is their teeny tiny little soft jersey one, which is, again, £7 to £25. You can face baby out in this one, as well as facing in. For the Ergo Baby, I don't think you can face them out. Um, but it fits slightly different, so it's like a cross strap across your back, Um, there's no clips to do up I don't believe on the back, Um, so it'll be interesting to see which one you know, I prefer, and I will let you know, um, I'm probably going to love both, to be honest, because I adore our Ergo Baby, and also I adore Baby Beyond products, but that's another one, um, for you to look at, so Baby Beyond Baby Carrier Mini, or the Ergo Baby Embrace, or you've also got the Ergo Baby Aura Baby Wrap. And of course, if you are getting out and about, you probably want a decent changing bag, Now, we've never used a specific changing bag. Um, Personally, I don't think you need to. We have a Lululemon rucksack, which actually is perfect. It's got loads of compartments. It's not meant for baby changing, but it has loads of compartments. It has a trainer section in the bottom, which essentially is just our wet section. So if we have any dirty nappies or anything like that, they just all go in the bottom section. Um, And again, you know, if Amaldine has an accident and we need to put wet clothes, we have a wet bag and then we put them in that bottom section. Um, So I wouldn't worry too much about a baby changing bag. I think if you are doing a baby changing bag um, because you are bottle feeding, then you obviously want to have those insulated bottle cooling Thingies, but I think you can get those individually anyway. So, if you have a perfectly good rucksack and you really like it and it's comfortable, I wouldn't put too much pressure on yourself trying to find the perfect uh, baby changing bag because I actually don't think it exists. <laughs> I am yet to find one um, that I feel really ticks all of the boxes. Um, so there's loads of brands. If you do want to look at them, there's Stork Sack, There's uh, Packapod. There's uh, Packapod looks great actually. Um, they do little kind of s- separate pods that go in the main bag, um, which looks really fun. And really easy. So if you're looking for the one that has snacks in, you just pull that out. If you're looking for the changing pod, you just pull that out. It's a local Devon company as well. Um, We don't have one, but um, they look good. And there's loads of other brands, loads of other brands. Tibia and Marl, they're really popular, aren't they? They're again designed around um, longevity, so they don't look like baby changing bags, but they have those insulated pockets if you need them. Um... So yes, if you find the perfect baby changing bag, please let me know. I would be really interested to know what you think of yours. Um, opening top, I just remember one person saying to me, get one that kind of freestands and opens at the top so you can look down into the bag and see everything that's one thing I would say about our, just our, you know, Lululemon rucksack, which is just a sports rucksack is if you put it down, it doesn't really free stand, and you open the front. And if it's top heavy, everything falls out, which can be a bit of a nightmare, <laughs> but let me know if you find the perfect one. Okay. So now I want to run through, um, and cover any questions that you guys have. I'm also going to let you know about what essentials you guys said. um, so these are just general baby essentials and also hospital bag essentials. Um, some of them have kind of overlapped. So someone's recommended using a fluffy flower thing in the sink to bath the newborn. It's so good. And I saw my friend has one of these. I think you get them off Amazon, but it's like this huge flower with lots of petals. Um, and you put it in the bath and it's super soft and uh, you put it in the sink, I think. And it's... um. Uh, super soft and you just lie the baby in there Uh, we never bought one we love our baby bath our snuggle I think it's called baby bath but it takes up way less space than a baby bath so if you're tight for space have a look at that my friend who's just had a gorgeous gorgeous baby um, said for hospital bag she put a nappy in her pocket and left the house (laughs) which I think is brilliant I don't think I'd be brave enough to do that but I think that's brilliant Um, clothing with zips. Yes. Babies lived in zipper sleep suits, no fancy outfits. And yeah, I would totally agree. If you can find some good quality, um, and good, you know, not too expensive baby zipper sleep suits, they are so much easier than poppers. Um, I love the love to dream swaddle bag for our newborn. She slept so well in it. Yes. I think that's the one which is literally like a swaddle but it, it's um it's a zip up so you don't have to kind of figure out how to swaddle a baby essentially daily essentials are swaddles white noise and boobs yes i completely agree lisa <laughs> yes lavender oil and lavender oil in the bath at the end of the day and same playlist uh, to help the baby wind down well that's interesting i never really thought about doing the same playlist frankincense um and copper eider oil in a roller ball for teething rub on baby's jaw never heard of that before that's great always take the sling with the buggy for me yes me too um while baby is in warm bath put their towel on the radiator so the cu- the towel isn't cold yep agree with that if you have a tumble dryer you can do that too daily essentials toys muslin's clothes wipes water completely agree um this is hospital bag. So someone's put crap I didn't need, but essential things are sandwich bags labeled with outfits for baby and big pants. Um 37 weeks tomorrow and I need help to get prepared. Well hopefully this will be helpful for you at uh, Dried Figs the only things to get things moving down there. Yes. Flip flops and extension lead, plastic bags, flip flops, pair pair, spare pair of hotel slippers. Moisturiser for me. My skin suffers in hot places, and also herbal tea. Um, bagging up sized clothes and nappy for dad to dress baby. Oils for my room and labour room. Took my diffuser in, and the midwives loved it. You see, there you go. No one cares, and the midwives will love things if you're, you know, wanting to decorate the room or put candles up. You know, those not real candles, obviously, those battery operated candles. Um, I put baby clothes in that were all too big apart from a little jacket that my mum had knitted. Oh, that's so cute. That's the hard thing, isn't it? You don't really know the size of what your baby's going to be. It's so hard. A couple of questions. um, Oh no, one question someone has said, now I have done a breastfeeding podcast. I am no expert on breastfeeding. Um, I really am not. I imagine that I'm going to cover that, cover that in series 10 in a little bit more detail, but you're due in September. Congratulations. And would like to give breastfeeding a try. Will I need to pump a lot? And no, not necessarily. If you don't want to pump, you don't have to pump at all. Um, I don't think I'm going to pump with this one probably. Um, unless we specifically want to get him onto a bottle so Hendrick can do a bottle. At one point with Amaldine, Hendrick really wanted to do a bottle, but by the time that we'd got her onto a bottle, the time had kind of passed. Um, I remember I needed to go and do some work with um, Bugaboo for their John Lewis launch uh, when Amaldine was six months, and luckily Hendrick got her to take a bottle, but it was a bit of a risk because I didn't take her with me. It was in London. but then she went off the bottle again because she just didn't need it. My boobs were there. But you don't have to pump at all if you don't want to for breastfeeding. Um, or speak to your midwife about it. Speak to your health visitor about it. Uh, there are some brilliant breastfeeding Instagram accounts. But um, I will try and cover it in season 10, which should be in plenty of time for you due in September. Okay. I think I have covered everything that was meant to be a quick podcast and it wasn't. Um, But hopefully that has been helpful for you guys. If you um, have any questions, come to Mum Talk Podcast Instagram, ask me them. I will try and cover them. I will also do a little Q&A, hopefully this next week. Definitely, if not uh, next... the week after because next week we have a wonderful guest and the author of mum's the word book coming on and we just have a lovely mum chat which will give you a break I wanted to give you a break from my talk and then the final episode of the birth series will be about everything else so it'll be another big one to prepare last prepare for our little ones arrivals have a lovely rest of your week and I will catch up with you very soon bye Just before we go, I'd like to introduce you to the hilariously funny and brutally honest parenting book, Mum's the Word. Written by Rebecca Ox to be the five star rated book has topped the Amazon best selling charts for childcare. It exposes the unfiltered truth behind life as a mama and will have you crying with laughter. It's available now on Amazon. Just search Mum's the Word book and don't forget to follow at Book Mum's the Word on Instagram. Her second book is almost here. It's going to be released in May and I can't wait for it. And she actually is coming on the podcast. Uh, episode three of this mini series and we have such a lovely chat about motherhood, about birth, about expectations, feeling underwhelmed, feeling overwhelmed and I'm really excited to share that chat with you. As always, thank you so, so much for listening and a big thank you to our friends at Cheeky Wipes, Nutribita and Mums the Word for supporting this mini-series. Please do leave a review, subscribe and rate. It really helps other mums to find the series and be supported by our wonderful community. Keep an eye out on Mum Talk Podcast Instagram this week where I will be asking you guys to share more of your wonderful mum knowledge and insight around pregnancy and preparing for birth and labour. And a new baby. See you next week. Bye.